0: Now we're going to visit Canada, a country which saw a huge influx of Irish immigrants in the 19th century, peaking during the famine years. Among the large Irish community in the city of Toronto, there were religious tensions. Violence broke out on many occasions between those who identified with the Orange Order and Catholics whose loyalties did not lie with the British Empire. Mark McMenamin has been finding out more. The story of the Irish in Canada is both rich and complex, with considerable immigration even prior to the famine, a rich and diverse Irish community developed in Canada.
1: One of the things that many people will be astonished by is that the famine migration to British North America, of which Canada was a part in 1846 through to 52, was really the high point of Irish migration. Um, Almost 450,000 Irish people migrated to British North America prior to 1846, which is a shock to many.
0: This is Professor Mark McGowan of the University of Toronto an expert on the history of the Irish in Canada in the years up to and including the famine.
1: So there was already a well-established Irish presence here so that those who came in 1847 and about 110,000 Irish left UK ports at that time, you know, would have been welcomed by communities in which there would have been a very significant Irish presence.
0: Most Irish found work as labourers, but there were often tensions between people over work. This was due to where they hailed from in Ireland, as well as for religious reasons, as Mark explains.
1: What you have during the famine is you have all of these counties with people trying to get out of Ireland, some assisted and some most by their own means. And so you've got this really interesting mix of, uh, you know, Munstermen and Carthman, you know, uh, working on the Welland Canal and not fighting with Protestants, actually fighting with one another's
0: for jobs, you know, during and after the famine. Such divisions were particularly acute in Canada's largest city, Toronto.
2: As these Irish Catholics start to arrive, especially in the 1840s and 1850s, they're kind of designated down into the, the working class, the day labourers.
0: This is Canadian historian Jared Ross, a native of Toronto.
2: And so in these, you have these ethnic, religious, even class tensions all emerging in Toronto in the 1850s and 60s, and you get some sizeable disturbances, riots, sectarian tension due to this blend
0: very often religious tensions were brought by immigrants to canada toronto for example soon became dominated by the orange order and by ulster protestant immigrants
1: In popular culture, Toronto became known as the Belfast of Canada or the Belfast of North America. I mean, um, the Irish Protestant presence in this city was rather profound from, from its very founding at the beginning of the 19th century. And there were times in the mid to late 19th century and early into the 20th century where the Orange Lodge actually dominated not only City Hall and the mayor's chair of the city, but also the fire department had a huge influence in the police department. So it was very difficult at times for Irish Catholics, for example, or any Catholics, to sort of uh, have some sort of upward mobility in local government.
0: The dominance of the Orange Order in Toronto often led to flashpoints and violence, with the infamous Jubilee riots becoming one of the most bloody events in the city's history.
1: In 1875, the Pope celebrated a Jubilee and he offered a an indulgence to those who paraded from church to church within a city. Well, in Toronto in 1875, it was tried twice, and the second time, it, it turned into a major riot, the Jubilee riots in the city. Um, and what's interesting there, though, is it's not as binary as what we think, because the police department actually formed a human chain, uh, mostly a Protestant police department formed a human chain to keep the orange lads away from, you know, attacking, attacking uh, the Catholic pilgrims, men, women and children.
0: Parades continued to be flashpoints between the various ethnic Irish groups within the city for many years after the Jubilee riots.
2: And of course, both St. Patrick's Day and the procession on the 12th of July, the Orange Orders Parade, were both occasionally banned. Because there were continued civil disturbances, the most noticeable being uh, the Jubilee riots in 1875, and another one riot in 1878. They weren't always around the 12th of July or St. Patrick's Day, but that was a continued; those were continued flashpoints for tension.
0: While St. Patrick's Day wasn't banned outright, Irish Catholics found less confrontational ways to express their Irishness in Toronto throughout much of the next century.
1: Uh, The parade had kind of lost its luster by the 1870s. And I think what St. Patrick's Day up until very recently, 1988 was the first of the contemporary parades in the city, mostly, you know, conducted by Irish expats who were living in Toronto. Uh, But in the interim, you had, you know, dinners, uh, concerts, uh, theatrical productions and religious services that really marked St. Patrick's Day in the city.
0: According to Jared a sense of a shared Canadian identity began to take hold in Toronto amongst the Irish, and has in turn helped play its part in making Canada the diverse, vibrant country that it is today.
2: An Irish Catholic Canadian started to say, well, what about a new Canadian identity? Where we can take pride on being Canadian without some of this baggage or this association with Britain. And it's something that I think Irish Canadians should, should think about and, and, and really, it may not be well known, but really take pride in.
0: And that was Mark McMenamin reporting there on the Irish in Canada and why the St. Patrick's Day parade in Toronto was a poorly attended event for about 100 years.